so for this podcast, we have Selena Lee. Um, she is a career and executive coach, helping people transfer out of unfulfilling jobs into careers that you love. Um, she is the host of the Live Your Dream podcast. She is the creator and host. Um, she is the TEDx and keynote speaker, as well as the founder of the Give One Dream. Um, so she is a storyteller and a dreamer with a mission to inspire you to live your dream and, and do exactly what you love. So hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. Go ahead and tell me about how, how you started in regards to uh, being an investment banker and, and going to a lawyer and, and to where you're at now. Yeah. And so I kind of followed that formula of like working really hard in school, um, to get a good job, mm-hmm. and, and, and all I did all of that, and it just felt like um, I did everything that that my life best was wrong. So mm-hmm. I started my career as an investment banker, went to law school, became a lawyer at a big law firm in New York City, and in the end, um, I thought I had arrived at the destination of where I wanted to be all my life, but mm-hmm. yet I felt very empty and unfulfilled. I mm-hmm. thought. This is not what I want to do with my life. I would look at people who are, um, uh, you know, my bosses in my law firm, and I liked them and I respected them, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to be in my sixties reading contracts. Yeah. Uh, and making making rich people richer, right? Yeah. That's the type of law that I practice. I wanted to become a legal lawyer. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's the first time I kind of like thought about um, what is it that I want to do with my life. And what's interesting is that we don't really to ask that question or even think about that in terms of growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're just told, told to, like, study hard, get good grades, and get into good school and get a good job, right? Yeah. And so, um, and so I, I thought about, okay, well, what is it that I really want to do with my life? And, and how do people really figure out what they want to do with their life? Mm-hmm. Because with their lives, we don't really learn that, right? Yeah. So, for the first time in my life, I um, gave myself the permission to just try different things, mm-hmm. um, try the things that bring me joy, try the things that I'm curious about, mm-hmm. even if it has nothing to do with my job. So before that, though, I was always, like, I would only allow myself to do things if I thought, okay, this is this going to help me get into a good school or help me, um, you know, get a better job? Mm-hmm. And I would only do those things. But um, so it, in a way, like, I was kind of, like, overworking myself, but working at a big law firm and I felt that it's not what I want to do, I thought, okay, I did everything right, but my life's also wrong, right? So mm-hmm. I followed the formula. It didn't work for me. Let mm-hmm. me just do whatever it takes. Yeah. So, yeah, and so that's when I um, um, had a an opportunity, just kind of randomly, but also because I was saying yes to opportunities. I had an opportunity to host a talk show for a small um, cable, cable television channel okay. in New York City. And that's when I learned um, I really love stories. I love hearing people's stories and sharing them with others. And then that led to me writing a book um, mm-hmm. and getting it published in Ashok Surya. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I've, always, I, I've always loved reading books since I was a little girl. I, mm-hmm. I always wanted um, a book with my name on it. That mm-hmm. was just my childhood dream. I didn't have any aspirations to be an author. That's why I didn't publish my one book. Which is That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be so cool. So um, I, when I 
Mm-hmm. Um, they, their role is to protect, so they're going to do whatever it takes to stop 
Yeah. You and I really been talking about that. Yeah. And and also that our parents um are, you know, from a generation where they value different things. They value you know, food on the table, um, you know, security, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, luckily that you like have a job bringing in the electricity and food, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We are different. Like we we grew up in a in a time where Christian was really just a creative and living um life on our own terms having the courage to do what we want to do mm-hmm. those are the things that i value so um i think the lesson that i learned there is um i i'm so glad that i didn't internalize the voices of other people around me mm-hmm. my mom wasn't the only one who was against the idea yeah and i just gave myself the permission to just try the things that i wanted to do mm-hmm. and like that led to me um kind of like changing my life in, in a way not i didn't plan that but yeah Yeah. And then there's nine people. I mean, the last chapter, the, the tenth chapter was dedicated to the readers who are supposed to receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so many of my readers said me those things, which was really, really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I didn't really plan that, but they they started emailing me to me or sending me social media. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so, and I even had a reader who moved from Korea to... Oh, what? Uh, Um, draw and express their dreams for the first time in their lives. 
income, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought that was a really meaningful experience. And um, and then that, all of that experience led to me um, becoming a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was kind of like a long transition for me. People are like, oh, how did you go from an investment bank corporate lawyer to um, becoming a coach? Like a podcast host. I also mm-hmm. have a podcast called Living Proof. Go and, listen to it. And yeah, and then it's um it's it wasn't like an overnight. Oh my god, this is what I want to do with my life. But mm. it's just that I just paid attention to my curiosity and followed it. So you know, it was small little action all like you know throughout a long period of time. So mm-hmm. I I decided that I was going to do do something that you know brings me joy, even if it has nothing to do with sports. And I started with a podcast. I sorry, I started with a talk show. It was on TV, and then that led to me writing a book. That led to me writing, uh, starting a community, Living Proof. And then all of that I learned, all throughout that I learned, I'm a person who really loves to hear people's stories mm-hmm. and support them to be the best that they can be. And yeah. then all of that is still linked mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from an exploration and contribution led me to becoming a coach. So mm-hmm. now I work as a um, career development coach, and I help a lot of people transition out of jobs that you know not not fulfilling to them mm-hmm. and then into into careers they love. So I guess I'm uh, I'm like helping someone like me, you know, mm-hmm. my past self, right? Because I learned so much from from my own journey mm-hmm. um, that I really think that you know no one really teaches you how to figure out your life or what you should do with your life. Mm-hmm. And as a result of of me interviewing a lot of people um, for my book and also my podcast. Um, also coaching a lot of clients, I have really learned why some people succeed and why some people don't. Mm-hmm. What really breaks some people's way in terms of, you know, not achieving their goals, uh, or why some people do achieve their goals. Yeah, I kind of um, took all of that information and learned, and I kind of designed a coaching framework um, mm-hmm. to help people. Yeah, and then I also started a uh, podcast called Live Your Dream with Jane Riley Hayden, and um, and that is also stories so i guess it's a kind of like a live english version of my book i guess it's living proof but the, mm-hmm. the podcast is in english and um you know we inspiration people from different walks of life and about what they've learned in their journey um you know how do they figure out what they want to do with their life yeah. how do they overcome obstacles and failures to achieve their dreams so yeah so that's what i do <laughs> that's amazing well, well thank you so much for sharing all that information it sounds like you've been through a bunch uh, I think one of the first questions that I wanted to ask you is, is go ahead and tell us a little bit about your book. It's a three steps to finding true career fulfillment, correct? Yeah. Well, that's the, so, so the book is called Career in a Nut. It's um, stories of young people who pursue their dreams. Okay. The three steps to career fulfillment is a guide. Uh, it's a free guide. On oh, got you. Website. Okay. Yeah. N-A-U-D-A-C-E-R-I-N-A-R-E-E C-E-R-I-N-A-R-E-E.C-E-O. Mm-hmm. Anybody listening want to check it out. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a guide, it's like three steps to finding your career fulfillment. And it's something that I've learned over the years, um, uh, why some people succeed and why some people don't and why, why, um, you know, some people really find their fulfilling career careers. And sometimes I stop, start to see common themes of the people who have achieved a lot of success in their life. And then it comes down to three things. So the first thing is, um, what, uh, so if, if you're drawing a Venn diagram and you're, you're looking for a, an area where the three circles, a 
Okay. People. And um, so the first thing is um, what you would like to give. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you know, you would hold up your phone and you would like to give. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, but I think that what people get wrong with that question is, like, you would like to give. It's not a passion. I think that's a terrible, terrible advice. Like, hey, what are you passionate about? You know, when yeah. I was really lost in my career, like, I went swimming for three months. I couldn't even ask about, like, how to figure out your life. And yeah. So my advice is, like, I follow your passion. And I, I hated that advice because I was like, if I knew what that was, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this thing. Yeah. I would be following that already. But because mm-hmm. I don't know that, that's why I am in this place. Like, everybody say, follow your passion. Yeah. And I mean, all if my friends. Oh, yeah. And I was like, if I were to follow my passion, I'd just be eating. But I'm like, I need something to eat because <laughs> that's, that's my thing. But go on. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just really that. Like, I think a lot of us get lonely. We live in a world that may not be something that we are developing to a career path, right? Yes. Like, I don't I don't think that's a that's a very useful advice. In fact, like, a lot of my friends um, <laughs> hated adopted passions and thought that a passion was. But yeah. <laughs> I've, oh, yeah, I've been there. So I kind of am, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I probably couldn't do that. That's, pay attention to 
yeah, I think as humans, we tend to be really hard on ourselves and tend to discredit our abilities and skills. Mm. Um, so we we may do poor things. It's sometimes easy for us. We might be like, oh, it might be easy for everybody else. Yeah. It's usually not true. So pay attention to when people say that um, and then make a note of it because that might be what you're really great at. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, when, when things come to you due, you know, when that's like kind of like hard for other people. So that's kind of like what you want to pay attention to about what you're really good at. And then um, if you found that uh, the place where it says there's two things overlap, like what you like and what you're good at, you are already ahead of so many people because mm-hmm. you're the first person to do that. But if you actually find the third thing, um, the next thing, I can guarantee that you're going to be very, very successful in your life. Mm-hmm. And also have a very meaningful, fulfilling life, and that is what you find to be meaningful. Um, and that I found to be the most important component of all three. And and this is why it doesn't matter what you do or what kind of life you have. Um, there will come a point when you run into obstacles or get rejected or fail. There will come a really tough time. For every single person, right? Mm-hmm. No, no human in life is immune from failures and rejections yeah. and, and struggles. So, for people who really believe that they're doing it meaningful, it gives them an incredible amount of strength and the resilience to overcome those struggles and those obstacles and actually get through it. Um, but for people who do it for like external recognition and only for money or titles or you know, mm-hmm. think about what other people think about them, things like that. If those were the reasons why they were <coughs> motivated to pursue it, they would try for a little bit and they would give up. So they, so finding that thing that you believe to be meaningful um, will give you an incredible amount of strength to overcome a lot of obstacles. So that I found to be the most important thing. So um, it, it, it sounds simple, but it is, it, it is not not easy to achieve in the end because you have to be very deliberate and intentional about really figuring that out. So every time, so after I kind of figured this framework out, mm-hmm. I um, every time I um, have been presented with like a great opportunity, I always pay attention to um, whether you know it meets all three. And I've never met, I've never had an opportunity where you know like someone is like trying to hire me or was given a position where it met all three requirements so i thought okay well let me just do my own thing so mm-hmm. now i i um work as a coach and health counselor and it, it absolutely meets all three as well <laughs> as author requirements yeah totally so yeah so um i know i, I, I talked about it briefly but if uh, people want to check it out it's on my website nyu.co um describe it in much more detail mm-hmm. there's a venn diagram so you know that if people want to do that yeah that's mm-hmm. on my website so feel free to check that out yeah definitely go check that out guys um i guess the first question that i wanted to dissect a little bit more was uh let's say somebody is unhappy and they don't know where to begin because essentially there's endless amount of of choices that you can do that you can create that you can put yourself in a position in or or possibly even apply correct how where do you where do you usually suggest people to start because that's that's a very wide 
area of opportunity right there. Yeah, totally. So, mm, um, I actually have designed another playlist to okay. help people to do exactly this. Yeah. So I will uh, I will answer your question by describing the trainings that I'm taking for Team Fearless. So, um, after I recently trained people who succeeded in business history for my Golden Hour program, and also um, when I coach clients, right? Mm-hmm. I have a very unique and privileged position to hear stories and deep thoughts of people that they usually don't share with other people, right? So yeah. I hear a lot of mistakes and I hear a lot of, like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, thoughts that people never say with other people or they're looking to share to share with other people. Mm-hmm. And what I've actually learned is that human beings are remarkably similar. <laughs> it's really yeah. interesting. Sometimes I want to throw all my clients into one room, like, this is what you do when you want to feel this way. Yeah. People feel this way, right? Mm. So what I've learned is that why people feel stuck um, is, um, and there is, like, a common pattern to it, is they're awake to get out of it. So I designed a, a coaching framework called LOVE. So L-O-V-E, like mm-hmm. it's an acronym. And L stands for learn about. So um, I think the most important work of our lifetime is actually to learn about yourself and and we 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 spend so much time learning about biology and history and english and all of that in high school and college and majoring in our whatever major you Mm. or i went to law school um i studied a lot about law we study we spend so much time studying learning about other things but we don't really spend a lot of time or at all like learning about ourselves and i and this is probably one of the most important contributors for why so many people are unfulfilled in their coaching because um, because we don't really know who we are that we are not able to make a decision that is aligned with who we are the only way people are going to be happy and fulfilled is when what you do is aligned with who you are and that's the only way you're going to be happy and fulfilled but if you don't really know who you are and what you want how can you possibly make a decision that is aligned with you right Mm. and I've seen over and over again why why so many people um, are so sad or you know have a really difficult time is they make the wrong decisions for themselves. So they choose a career that's not right for them. They choose a partner that's not right for them, um, or they make small and big decisions that mm-hmm. is not right for them because they didn't know what was right for them. Right. So mm-hmm. um, it's it's not an easy thing to learn about yourself, but they're awake to do it. So the first thing you do is you just feel something to your emotions. So designed series of questionnaires um, that I have my clients do it every single day mm-hmm. and the first first thing is for the learn about yourself so just how did you feel today um, okay you know do you have positive or negative emotions and it actually isn't uh, something like your emotions are never bad but the things that you usually just label as negative emotions right or positive emotions so let's say you felt really happy today and so not just stopping at okay I felt happy but why why did you feel happy what led to that feeling of happiness right mm-hmm. and let's say oh yeah I felt really happy because I I, I talked with a friend of mine and and we chatted about you know something and mm-hmm. and it just like you know brought me a lot of joy mm-hmm. well with that information you learn I'm a person who really loves connecting with my friends right mm-hmm. and that brings me a lot of joy well with that information now you can replicate that behavior you can yeah. do that again okay same thing with negative emotions right so um let's say you just felt a little down
said that. Okay, well, wh- why did I feel bad if today was just not a happy day? And, yeah. And you were like, okay, why am I? Why is that? And then you know he made a light. Okay, I was scrolling through scrolling through Instagram or you know uh, Facebook or whatever, and mm. then it just felt like everybody else was doing better but me. They were having all these great experiences, and you know I'm just just having a boring life, <laughs> or yeah. whatever it may be. And then you you're like, okay, well. Sometimes on social media, that's not the case, right? It doesn't make me feel good. Um, then you are going to try to decrease that behavior, right? Yeah. So basically, it was like you're, you're, you're just running through your emotions. Your emotions never lie, right? So it's just a clue. It's just an information. It's just a data point about um, what you want. So when you feel happy, it probably means that um, there's a match between what you want and what you have. That's mm-hmm. it. Or when when feeling unhappy, there's a mismatch between what you want and, yeah. and your reality, right? So we're just going to try to close the gap, right? So um, so that's the first thing. Also, learning about your values is really important. So um, uh, what is really important to you, right? And what is really not important to you? Um, and just be really honest about that. Just like it's the lo- like I've seen again and again, like it's the honesty of like what you want and what you don't want. Then to not confuse what other people want for you with what you think you should want, right? What mm-hmm. you want versus what other people want. Because there's that there's not enough. You have to have the courage to make a decision that is right for you. Not for your mom, not for your dad, mm-hmm. not for your friends, right? So so that's the first thing. And I have a, like a whole podcast episode about this, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm happy to share that with Definitely. you. Definitely. Maybe you can provide a link or something. Yes. I, I, I have a whole exercise that people can go through. It's all free on my podcast. That people can download this value assessment. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing. Second thing is um, um, uh, overcome internal obstacles. So you see, I just said internal, not external, right? Yeah. Because so many times I've seen that when people are stuck and they say they can't do something, I have seen that most of the time um, the struggle is internal, right? It's the yes. fear, the fear of failing, the fear of getting rejected. Um, mm-hmm. that will stop them from taking action, right? And then also, um, all, all of us have that inner little voice that tells us that we can't do something or we're not good enough or what if we fail, what if, you know, people laugh at me. Mm-hmm. That voice is part of us, but it's not all, all of us. And how much power you give to it is entirely up to you. So um, learning to peacefully coexist mm-hmm. with your inner negative voice, you're never going to go away. being chased by a lion, mm-hmm. you're, you better run, and that will save you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the fear will save you, right? This is why we are the way we are. The um, really fearful people ancestry had a higher chance of surviving and passed down their DNA to us. So it kind of where we are, right? Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we're not being chased by a lion, but the fear comes up when you're doing public speaking or mm-hmm. have to go for a job interview or someone out on a date or um, you know want to start a project or a company or a podcast or mm-hmm. whatever write a book you know whenever we do something that we're about to do something or want to do something that um, you know we've never done of course it's normal to feel that fear it'd be weird if you're teaching <laughs> yeah so but knowing that fear is just very normal emotion and then but you have to don't go into that into fighting mm-hmm. or fight the fear 
So, um, so yes, of course, that, that language can change dramatically. So the question I have my students answer for that is like, um, you know, how much power did you give to your innovative ways today? Okay. Um, and yeah, and then and then if they you know bear it out, like okay, how can you better use them? There are like tools and techniques to be mindful. So you can um, one other thing I have my clients do is I just have them uh, give it a name, and it's kind of like a pet, right? Like a dog yeah. or a cat. You just give it a name. My innovative ways is um, Rex. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, see, Shred, it's good for you here, but I don't have time for you. Mm. Why don't you go take a hike? <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting and way so, to think about that. Yeah, and, 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 and just so that everybody has it. So years ago, I went to um, this talk by um, Arlen Huffington, who's the founder of Huffington Post. Okay. Okay. She's a very successful woman, um, and you know, she's super successful, but she was actually talking about how she has you know, a roll out in innovative ways and she calls it the obnoxious roommate. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's there, you know, the, 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 the roommate coexists in the same space. It's constantly coming in the room. It's really annoying. Um, but then she's not really you or all of you. Um, she, she'll just go into the room and sometimes be really obnoxious and annoying or say really mean things, mm -hmm. but you just want to hang with this person. So, you know, that's another way to kind of think about it. So, okay. Yeah. And learning to manage it in innovative ways and, and, and learning how to keep your coexistent ways mm -hmm. <laughs> is, a, is a crucial um, um, continuing exercise. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I think is important is um, uh, being able to overcome rejection, the fear of rejection. And I have my clients do these um, rejection challenges where the, the goal is to get rejected. That's right? dope. Okay. And yeah. And, and I think it's that really interesting how we let the fear of getting our emotions hurt prevent us from even trying things out, right? Mm -hmm. So say there's like a, a job that that's interesting, but you you read the job description or what the call, what they want. Um, and usually there's, it's rare that a client has all of those things, um, mm -hmm. but you read it and there's something that you don't, you know, you don't have that level of education or maybe uh, length of experience and then you're like, okay, I, I'm not good enough. I don't qualify. Mm -hmm. And then you self-reject yourself, right? Or let's say you want to start a podcast because you're like, oh, but I don't have enough course. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, you know, what if people think it's unbearable? So people want to reach out. So people still afraid of getting rejected or the consequences of it not, it not being good that they wouldn't even try. So they self-reject themselves. And it's really sad because you're always really good when you're first trying out, right? Yeah, definitely. And maybe you apply for the job and maybe you'll get it. Like, who knows, right? Um, you're instantly conscious and applying is going going after the opportunity, but most people actually haven't figured it out. And this is because we're so afraid of our emotions getting hurt if we get rejected that we wouldn't even try it, right? So mm -hmm. I also learned this when I was writing my book and I, I shared through how I was an interview book. Yeah. And um, I, I reached out to all these very successful, famous people for interviews, and, and they all rejected me like so mm. many times. Like, they wouldn't even write me back. Okay. And so I, it's, and the reason why I took it is 
the time I was like, you know, forgot about it. And and then one day I, I really think back on it. I was like, oh, well, so why am I getting rejected here? It's because I'm trying to achieve my dream of writing my book, right? Mm. And and um, and if I wasn't doing that, if I wasn't trying to write my book, there would be no reason for me to be reaching out to these people and no reason for me to get rejected, right? Yeah. So if you have to think about it, the reason why I was getting rejected is because I was trying to do something with my life. I was trying to achieve my dream, right? Yeah. So the rejections will actually be evidence and the proof that I was taking action towards my dream, right? So once I reframed it, it, it became very liberating. So um, over time, I was no longer really bothered by the rejection. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now, I think the reason why I got so many opportunities in my life is because I just applied for them, right? Mm-hmm. I would apply for something where, you know, I, I, I care about the things that I want, like the opportunities that I want. But I, I, when I get rejected, I'm still bothered by it. It still bothers me a little bit, maybe for like five minutes. Uh-huh. And I had already moved on to the next opportunity, the next rejection that I had. Mm. So, uh, so time, like, I actually learned that the, the number of re- rejections you get in your life is actually correlated to the number of opportunities and the success you're achieving in your life. Interesting. Because okay. If you just, yeah. If you just try more, you put yourself out there more. You raise your hand. You apply. You go out there. Mm. You show up, and you keep applying. You keep asking. You keep reaching out. Chances are, some of those people will say yes. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 the more you do that, the more you try, the the higher chance that it's reciprocal. It's reciprocal. Sorry. Yeah. You're gonna get more opportunities too. So, I <coughs> I encourage everyone listening to drop your own rejection challenge. Mm. I have that. Uh, I have all my clients do it. And it's really an interesting experiment in that so many people are actually super surprised at how many yeses they get. Of course, they get a lot of no's too, but mm. they will, like, apply for something or uh, reach out to someone w- knowing that convinced that they're going to say no or convinced that they're going to get rejected. But mm. then they get a yes, right? They yeah. think only because they're working on their brand and they need something to talk about and <laughs> mm. And so only because I made them do it, but then they, they actually get a yes to get those opportunities. And they're like, you know what? I am so shocked because if you hadn't made me, I would have never tried it and I would have never gotten it. Mm-hmm. So think about in your own life, like how many of those opportunities that you're not getting is because you're rejecting yourself before anybody even had the chance to consider you, right? Yeah. So that's the um, overcome thinking aspect. The third uh, thing of the love framework, L-O-V-E. I think I like the third one the most. At least I looked over that one, but go on. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So V is um, visualize your success. So um, I I'm sorry. It was the fourth one. Out. The fourth one, I think. Yes. I think. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll go step by step. Sorry. I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that. Um, so V is um, visual. Uh, so no. Let's, okay, let's talk about V first. Yeah, let's go there first. Yes. <laughs> your success remember when i was sharing with you my story of writing my book how, yes um, i would visualize my book at a grocery store mm-hmm. and then also imagine myself giving a talk to a group of audience um sharing my stories of how i made my how i made my dream happen how mm-hmm. i wrote my book even though everybody said that i couldn't do it that's visualization right so um i i wasn't in in, in the beginning i was like oh my 
sister and like enjoy vacation and just seeing a little wave surf. So um, I, I read a lot about it. And then I went and actually found it. So a lot of research got back to that. So, um, you know, even like when athletes, athletes are performing a, a, you know, a, a certain athletic activity, whether mm-hmm. they're thinking about it, thinking about engaging in that activity versus actually doing it, and mm-hmm. doing it their body responds in a different way. Our brain doesn't know the difference between thinking about it and actually doing it. And an example would be like when they're watching television or, you know, when they're scrolling around Instagram and there's delicious looking food, right? Yeah. Our mouth gets watery, right? Well, your food in front of it is not like that. But yeah. our brain thinks that it is, right? Okay. So that's how, how our brain responds, right? Mm-hmm. To our thoughts. So when I was trying to write my book and it dodged for a day and I said, listen, I just kept thinking about my book and it was a short thought about that I remember. It shared these words to, you know, in, in a talk, in a speech. And then I think what it did was um, I I would always, always do that at night, like right before I go to sleep. You know, when you're in bed and you're like worried about, like usually when you're turning lights off or mm-hmm. um, like when you're worried about like um, maybe I should jump out or yeah. what's going to be worrying right before you go to bed yeah that's when i gave my book a revision i still do every single day about like you know the life that i want and then um and then i think what it did was the next day i just got very motivated to live that happening to live that a reality Mm -hmm. so i started to take snaps and i just thought like how fun would that be if actually that became a reality right Mm -hmm. so every day i would about okay what is one thing i can do to get one step closer to my dream and um i since there was an interview book i just kept reaching out to people that i wanted to interview and i mm. found <laughs> and of course i got more rejected than i'd ever been until that point in my life and mm. i also shared that story on a podcast called um how to turn no into um yes mm-hmm. and it's actually one of the most epic episodes ever but just shared all the rejections stories all the crazy things and Yeah. Blame my rejection stories, so mm-hmm. if anybody wants to go check it out, you know, mm-hmm. they can provide a link to the listeners. So yeah, so that's the visualization. It's very, very powerful. Um, and then finally, be with explore and take action. So explore your curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, so don't get hung up in it. Just try different things. You know, see if it has nothing to do with with your job, right? Um, and it and then take action. So it could be as simple as reading a book on a topic that you're interested in. Uh, maybe taking an online class just to see if that topic would be interesting for you. Or, um, you know, maybe you could reach out to people. Let's say you want to transition into a new career or or you are thinking about maybe doing something else with your life. You can reach out to people um, through LinkedIn or maybe your school alumni database to mm-hmm. see if there are people doing the things that you want to do. Um, and then reach out to them. Of course, again, this could be a rejection challenge too. A mm-hmm. lot of people will say yeah, no or not even respond to you, and that's okay. Um, just keep doing it. And then some people will say yes. You'll be surprised how many how many people actually want to help you. Yeah. So, um, and, and do that. And then you could also volunteer on, uh, on a project that's kind of related to the field that you're interested in. So uh, the way that I kind of think about figuring out career pathways 
Yes. Because you've never tried it out, right? Um, thinking about what might get up lasagna or just because you're getting a bad upbringing, you don't try lasagna. Yeah. Same thing with dating, right? If you've never gone on a date, um, never been in a relationship, um, you might think that, okay, I, I, I like this person, this person, right? Yeah. But it's very difficult to actually gain that person, getting to know that person. Mm-hmm. Dating them is, it's, it's kind of like the, like the way that it's described it is like picking a job or committing to a certain industry before you even experiment or try things out is like marrying someone without ever going on a date with that person. Mm-hmm. The chance of it working out is not very high, right? Yeah. So, so unfortunately, in, in our creative path, um, there's really not a lot of ways that we could try it out. And, of course, there's internships. I think for the most part, it's not a true reflection of what we're actually going to be doing as a full-time employee. Uh-huh. So we have to do design our own experience. That's I always tell my clients, what are the ways you could experience the job without actually taking the job? So design your own experience. It could be anything from reading a book to, you know, uh, taking a course, mm-hmm. um, volunteering in a project, reaching out to people for information, interviews. Do whatever it takes to learn as much about that path as possible mm-hmm. before you actually commit to it. Because if you think about it, we're so fortunate to be living in the world of the internet that mm-hmm. if you actually are discommitted and you make time, there's really nothing you can't learn or experience, right? Yeah. So take advantage of that. So that's the kind of like the brief overview or of Love Framework and mm-hmm. how I design my clients to 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 go through the process of um, getting unstuck when they feel stuck. But I guess the, for the last question um, is for um, any experiences asking is every day ask yourself, how um, was my action in alignment with my goal, right? Like, what did I do um, today that to get one step closer to my goals and dreams? And mm-hmm. then, and then not to not be judging yourself if it wasn't a good day, but just see what got in the way and then what you can do better tomorrow and mm-hmm. do it all over again. And then the more action you take, you're going to learn more about yourself, right? Because like the more you ask and you think, actually, I don't really like that. I, I thought I really liked X, Y, and Z, but I've tried all these things and I just don't, I don't see this for me. You'll learn something about yourself and then you repeat that whole process over and over again. And then you do that, you know, consistently, repeatedly every single day, your life will change. I have many clients who have transitioned into completely different industries um, and are very successful people who do, um, you know, so many amazing things and even, you know, and, and we're able to really get out of that feeling of being stuck. So mm-hmm. I hope that was helpful. <laughs> yeah. That was very helpful. I really like that. And I do agree with you that we live, we're very fortunate to be in a time where, uh, where we have everything online, where you can do research, where you can connect with people, where you can, like I said, get, get in contact with people that are in a certain field, like accounting and, and law and, and, and so forth. So I, I think you you are completely correct when it comes to that. And one of the things that I really like, actually, now that you're now that I'm thinking about the whole the acronym, uh, the visualization, like when you're about to go to sleep as well, because for me in particular, like, yeah, you're correct. I like I, like I should be like trying to relax, like because it's like it's time to sleep, like time to put my phone down. I got I got a meeting in the morning, whatever it is. 
Uh, but sometimes I can't sleep because I like, got stress. Is like, I'm like, should I should have done this today or can I do that right now? And I'm like, no, it's too late. I'm trying to sleep. So it's like, it's like an endless battle within your head, you know? Yeah, totally. So, um, and I am not going to lie to you. I'm definitely a warrior. I've been like that all my life. Mm-hmm. And warrior is not for me. And, and a lot of people are. And I think um, worry is a form of like, you care about certain things and you want to like improve. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing, but it does sometimes drive away like that craving. So there's some ways that I could kind of um, deal with that. Like I said, like um, I just got abandoned and I want to do this and this and everything. And one big thing to do is um, if you actually pair up a goal you want to, um, like a habit you want to develop mm-hmm. with something you do every day almost, it's much easier for it to become a habit. So rather than like, rather than me saying, okay, I'm going to do this and this one um, and just say sometime today or sometime during the day, it's probably not going to happen because I'm busy and I have so many other things. Mm-hmm. But if I say every damn time I go get into bed, I'm going to do this realization, yeah. um, it's much easier, right? And another thing that I do at night is also um, thinking about the things I'm grateful for. So, you know how, like, there's been so many um, research doing about how um, if you actually have a gratitude journal or yes. you write down three things that you're mm-hmm. grateful for, you know, it's going to improve your mood and you're going to be happier. So, I, I knew that and I've been wanting to do that. I bought many gratitude journals. I just never made a time to write in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So Me. one day I decided that, you know, every night I just tend to worry a lot. So mm. I'm just going to think about what I'm grateful for. I'm not going to write it down. I'm not going to force myself to do something that's not working for me. Mm. So I'm just going to think about it. So now what I do is, you know, at nighttime, like, you get into your bed and you turn your light off. And then when it's time to go to bed, that new list is made. That's when, like you said, right, and for me too, I, mm. I like when you're out, I do that journal, I'm very like, okay, what exactly can I write down, you know, um, and that's when we worry a lot, so I I use that time to shift my attention to something positive, so the first mm. thing is I uh, kind of think about my day from morning till night, and just think about three things I'm grateful for, so uh, it could be on a coffee taste of day, day, day mm-hmm. or it could be very simple things where I took a walk in the park and I just kind of saw lots of cute dogs, you know, so that yeah. makes me happy and I'm like, I'm going to say hi to them or, mm-hmm. or it's maybe a balloon. Yesterday was rainy day and I was like, hey, like it's really sunny in rainy day and I just saw that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm grateful for. So it could be something super simple and small. Um, and what I have been doing this for years and years and what I've noticed is that even on a seemingly bad day, you know, something doesn't go the way that I want it, it is actually very easy to think of three things I'm grateful for if I force myself to think about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm just uh, shifting my attention from a place of negativity and to positivity. And everybody has certain things that are not really working in their life, certain things that are not happy, and certain things that are going well. So we're, we're just choosing to shift our attention on the things to things that are positive. And then I do my visualization. So okay. So it could be just a vision of my life that is quite happy. Um, and then I think about it, and then I go to bed. And it's remarkable that I actually, you know, don't really worry as much anymore because I'm busy doing these two things, right? So mm-hmm. I'm thinking about what I'm grateful for and then visualizing uh, my future self, you know, living my dream life. And, and then that puts me into a really good mood, and I'm able to go to better sleep. And then the, 
I think it's really useful because I, I guess when it comes to that, you'll you're not saying, Oh, I'll do it sometime today. You're you're saying I'm gonna do this before I go to sleep and I think that's that's really useful because that's gonna give you a fighting chance to actually develop the habit of doing that and then in return it's gonna be a domino effect. It's gonna leak into everything else that you're doing and then it's gonna it's gonna form that habit once you get past those thirty, those sixty days. So I think that's really useful to anyone that might be listening and that's in a position similar to that. Plus, on top of that, it'll help you relax. And then on top of that, then you're, you're visualizing it. You're, you're, you're creating that drive within yourself as a person to, to go after what you're, what you're looking for. Uh, let me ask you this. When it comes to what you visualize, what, what do you visualize when, uh, before you go to sleep? What's your favorite uh, dessert that they had there? with the with the churros too um, I, think so. I know Spain I does that I, I'm not sure if they have that okay ooh that sounds bomb yeah see I'm telling you my passion is <laughs> yeah Mm-hmm. So I, I just think about myself, I'm in Paris, I'm, you know, I 
go down and I bring her coffee and get croissant and mm. have my hot chocolate and then I come back and I'm able to do my coaching and, and uh, podcast remotely. So mm. all of that, it just goes to show you like uh, kind of think about what is a, an idea that excites you and then paint a very vivid picture of what that may look like. So mm. uh, actually now my goal is COVID, COVID is over, mm-hmm. uh, and then I'm going to go to Paris and do exactly what I've been envisioning, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to record a podcast episode sharing this exact excitement. I've been focused on my vision and mission vision for years, and I finally achieved it, and I'm actually in Paris yeah. <laughs> doing this episode. I keep thinking about that. That'll be so cool. A lot of happiness, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I guess I guess going back to um, to Paris, what's your favorite memory that you had when you went there? Mm-hmm. And I know not everybody likes Paris to be honest. Um, so I, I was aware of that reputation. So people people say that, oh, like the Paris Parisians are kind of rude to their tourists. They don't like you if you speak English, if you don't have this sense. But yeah. that's never been my experience. And I remember um, I was there one time several years ago with my sister. And um, I, um, I, had, I had a friend in Paris who invited me to like her house party. And mm-hmm. I wanted to bring a bottle of wine. Uh-huh. And um, and we were kind of running late, and then we were just like, what else should we bring for it? And um, and it was like the same dinner time, and there was such a long line. It was like the line was at the door. Um, we were already running late. I wanted to, to buy a bottle of wine. And I was like, oh, my God, if you wa- wait in this line, like, like we're not, not, a, not ever make it. Yeah. Right? And, and then I saw, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh yeah, the express lane. The ledge, right? Yeah. And then, so I was like, I, I, I went there, and then I saw that the cash register just closed it, so the, so I couldn't get on out. And then the, and I, but I was still kind of like standing there, but the there was a, a woman who was the last person in line to close, mm-hmm. and she saw me, and she's like, uh, she saw me, she's like, oh, just give me the 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 wine, and I'll I'll just pretend it's mine, and and. Oh and, yeah. And, and, for it she paid for it and then um and then when you know at the end i i offered to pay her i think it was like nine euros or something and she's okay. like oh don't don't worry about it don't worry about it she's like uh you know it's a uh, consider it a, the, a, the french gift and have a nice holiday That's and she walked away with yeah. her little boy like you know she she was a young mom mm-hmm. and, and she had a little boy and she just like walked away and me and my sister we were in such a big shock that mm. a random stranger <laughs> who, who, like, had no reason to do that. Yeah. Like, was so kind and generous. And nine euros, not a ton of money, but it is a lot of money to spend on a random stranger who you're guaranteed to never see again, right? Yeah. So that, like, totally, like, shocked me in an amazing, positive way. And, and, and that was, I still remember that vividly and and she was like reciprocating for my spite like my sister and i were just like staring at her as she was like walking away yeah and then and then i just 
you spend that way, the best time you're like you've ever spent. So now every time I have a chance to help somebody out, mm-hmm. I do my very best to pay forward. And just two days after this, so I was packing yesterday, and I was on a on a tr- I was on a subway, mm-hmm. and um, she uh, some uh, and I was sitting and reading a book, and I was actually on my way to church, and um, this this woman who you know I don't know her by any stranger sat next to me and you know how like sometimes when you are reading a book and you're like on your phone or reading a book um like the person next to you is like kind of like looking over your shoulder and is like looking at you you can kind of feel it and so yeah. I felt like she was listening and then but I was like oh is this a boring book and then she like tapped me on my shoulder and she said excuse me excuse me and I said oh yeah yes and then um she almost looked like homeless uh you know she she like yeah, she she just kind of looked like maybe she didn't have a home, and she started talking to me about like, hey, can um, will you pray for me? And I was like, what? Like that's such a random thing to ask a stranger. Yeah. And then and then I was like, oh sure. And like, what do you want me to pray for? And she said how she had this um, really hard life and a really difficult life, and um, but somehow like I remind which I thought seemed to be kind of really interesting, you know? Mm. Um, but, and she said, I feel like if you pray for me, I will be okay. So will you pray for me? So I was like, oh, yeah, of course, you know? Yeah. And um, she told me her name, and I had to, I had to get off. And, uh, and for, like, years after that, I prayed for her every single night. And because that woman in Paris was so mm-hmm. nice to me, um, that that was kind of like my way of paying forward a kindness of my story. So mm. <laughs> that's kind of like the story of one of my favorite moments from Paris. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to take into account as well is that if you're paying it forward, that can make a huge difference in, in somebody's day. And, and I guess going back to, uh, to the ripple effect, it'll spread on out from one person to another. And, and that'll yeah. just create a, a little bit of a better world that – we really need especially like during these times because you never know how people people are doing mental health wise especially with everything that's been going on like the pandemic the shootings it just it's just been a really weird time for everything how have you been taking uh, how has your mental health been with everything because i know there's protests going right now um, near your home correct yeah yeah how have you been dealing uh, with that how have you been feeling and so forth yeah so it definitely has been a really challenging time for everybody but mm. lately especially for Asian American community so you know on top of COVID and then there's lots of shooting and now mm. there's all these just sentiment, sentiments and a lot of upset so it's been honestly very very tough and I've been in touch with a lot of my friends back home in New York City mm. you know there's a protest going on yeah and um and I've participated in a lot of um, different events and mm. uh, there's been um um a lot of stuff coming from Trump costumes too. So mm-hmm. you know, one time I was on one moderating a, a conversation for eight hours. Oh my um, gosh! Uh, about yeah, about this very topic, and and a lot of us are really suffering, and it's very painful. Mm-hmm. So um, I think for me, I just took some time to to really let myself be sad. I think it's yeah. okay to feel sad when there are really terrible things going on. But also to, I think there's also a way for us to um, use our anger and rage 
always played in camps, so it could be mm-hmm. for raising money, it could be, um, you know, participating in these rallies that kids sign up for, mm-hmm. um, and also checking in with the friends, so, um, to make sure that drugs are okay, um, so, yeah, so for me, it's been tough, but I've been trying to do what I can, because I think when you feel so powerless or stuck or terrible about what's going on, the worst thing to do is not do anything, yeah. so when you ask yourself to take action for something that makes it easy to move forward, and also to prioritize that kid aspect, so to make sure that I get the kids and be okay and, 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 and all that, and so that way um, I'm not also able to take care of myself, so that way I'm also being there for other people in their waiting room, so I think mm-hmm. that's, that's some of the things, and, and I don't have, you know, nobody has a solution for it, of mm-hmm. course, but I think it's something that as a community, we also all really need to um, reach out to each other to, to be supportive of one another, especially in these times, so yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's, I, I think it, yeah, there's not really a solution when it comes to how to cope, but there, there are certain ways to minimize the pain, and I think the most important thing you said was, was checking in on your friends, because you never know how they're feeling, um, how they're reacting, some people are taking it worse, some people are scared, and so forth, and it's always nice to have that reassurance, no matter how confident a person is, so I, I think it's really important to, to be doing things like that. Um, if you don't mind me asking, I guess for the people that, people know for sure on the surface level that there's there's been the shootings go on, going on. Um, I guess in regards to the protests, you might elaborate a little bit more in regards to um, what you're standing up for, um, what, what you guys are fighting for, because obviously there's been a lot of hate, but I kind of want to hear from your perspective. Yeah, so... Around the world, for, yeah. yeah, around the world, and 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 it's really really sad how um, a lot of the finger pointing has been directed towards Asian Asian community, Asian American community. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember um, when the beginning of COVID, when um, when things were getting pretty serious, mm-hmm. not in the U.S. yet, but in China. And this is before people it was announced who were masking the in the U.S. Yeah. And I actually had a few masks at home because my parents live in Korea and they gave me a few. Mm-hmm. And um, I brought it home to my state. And the it, this is just when things were getting kind of serious in your city. Yeah. Uh, but I, I and my mom was begging me to wear a mask, but I, I didn't because there were so many. Um, there were a lot of. Um, against Asian American women where people were getting um, like Asian American women were getting attacked in the subway especially if they were wearing a mask they were targeted yeah there's a lot of that going on here too yeah yeah, and uh, so I intentionally didn't wear a mask for because I was fearful and Mm -hmm. and in a way I think I was more scared of being attacked than getting COVID Mm -hmm. so this is why I I didn't wear a mask and then I got sick pretty soon after I'm not sure if I COVID, I was never tested positive, but I think based on the symptoms, I most likely had it. So mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's like I didn't, I got COVID because I was so afraid of getting attacked or targeted that I was risking my health and not wearing a mask and mm-hmm. I got sick because of it. So that's really sad. And, and since then, I've kind of like developed a habit of like turning my back or walking yeah. whenever I'm walking because I'm so afraid if I'm being followed or, and so it's a really hard thing very traumatic and tragic for the Asian American community and and I hope that 
mom said that she kind of freaked because it was a female. Oh, so she, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, she was like, she was feeling <laughs> the heat because she was so afraid of, mm-hmm. you know, me being sick or something like that. Um, so I thought, okay, well, it's not, it's not that going to be different in terms of how I work because I still, I still work in real science as an imperial. So like, oh, really? I'm still going to be, I'm still going to be podcasting and, and coaching, um, you know, remotely anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter where I am. And also I don't, I didn't want my mom to get sick because of me and because she's so worried about me. So mm-hmm. that was the decision of yeah. how I came to freelance. Yeah. That's ins- also back yeah no more than it looks like i'm a i'm gonna pray it looks like it's good to go but i don't want to speak too early either because everyone's been like oh it's not gonna be a month three months i'm like you never know i'm like covid 2.0 i'm like oh you know hopefully not but we'll we'll see i guess uh going back to the i know it's it's 12 30 over there right now what what are the hours that you're working what is that exactly because i can't do the math right now in my head what hours are you up? Because you have to work U.S. hours for the oh, most part. What are your hours look like over there? So it, it, it's, it's a little different around here. It's a day. Uh-huh. But um, usually usually um, it's either uh, early in the morning or, or late at night. Um, okay. I have station calls or um, sometimes I'm speaking. So mm-hmm. um, uh, a few months ago I did uh, a talk for MIT at 1 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Princeton University next month at 12 a.m. at midnight. Oh, crazy, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm uh, a lot of times I'm up way late at night. It helps that I'm a night owl, so. Me too. I tend to, I, I don't know, my Alexa is generally much better for me to do things at night, so that, mm-hmm. that helps, but I know that it's not really good for my health because I don't sleep that great, but yeah. I like it though. I think, I think um, I'm, I'm just grateful that I'm able to do the work that I do, the mm-hmm. work that I love, even if I'm not so far away. So, so I'm just, I'm just grateful for that. So, but it, it is true that I work odd hours, like either late at night or early in the morning. Yeah. Or, you know. That's a very interesting <laughs> experience, though. At the same yeah. time, yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Because obviously, you're not gonna do do that forever. Um, I mean, yeah. again, <laughs> pray COVID. <laughs> Uh, yeah hopefully not but that's a really cool experience i only got to experience that um for about a week i went to hawaii and i had to wake up like at 3 a.m for for work to like i think like 11 it was really odd but yeah no it was it was it was an experience but for the speeches that you're that you're giving um what 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 does that correlate what does that look like Yeah. 
That's crazy. Like, it's not just the wine. Like, or sometimes if it's a single wine, it's more of a, a lecture or talk. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's been really fun. Yeah, for sure. That's so interesting. That's crazy at the same time. When you're doing the, uh, when you're getting people to interact, is that when they're, like, in the breakout rooms? I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the breakout rooms. And, and it's been really interesting to see how people have shared with me that they got to engage in a really meaningful conversation mm-hmm. with a random stranger because we just partner them up randomly, right, uh-huh. so explicitly, that they had a really meaningful conversation and that, you know, they they were able to connect with other friends mm-hmm. and one-up each other. So it's been interesting to see that it is possible to create meaningful connections yeah. and build relationships over, uh, over uh, like virtually. Yeah, yeah like, like through a camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy um yeah. i guess um one thing that i did want to go ahead and ask you as well was um i guess uh, how do i word this um uh, i'm having a blank remember what i said about i'm not as professional as i should be i'm like i you got me to remember it with uh with the uh, with your um with who you are in regards to like the coach, the coach and you spoke to me right now. How how did you, uh, how did you bec- realize that becoming a coach was your passion? How did you even venture into trying that? Yeah, so um, that's actually a really good story. It was a long transition, but yeah, it was like a good one, I think. Because you went from an investment um, banker to lawyer, and what was yeah, like? That's the part that I'm a little, I'm, I'm most um, interested in. I'm really confused. Like, how did you even? Yeah. for a mm-hmm. long period of time and I I just did not want to settle with a mediocre like job like not not like job was mediocre but just from my perspective yeah um, I just felt like there had to be more to life than just getting a paycheck and living for the weekend right yeah and I really I really envy people in a good way I really admire people who really love what they do yeah and I remember like Yeah. I really enjoyed like uh, meeting like uh, I, I think those are some of the people I used to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that the the type of work wasn't for me. I did not enjoy reviewing contracts. Yeah. With all you said it was private lawyers. equity. Yeah, I was a private equity lawyer. So okay. What I was doing was making really risky purchases, and that was. So you're going with like the the filings, like the what is it like the K tens yeah. and uh, all the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh my god. How was how is reading the, all the offerings, all that stuff? How how is that? Because it's a lot of mumbo jumbo. It's a lot of bullshit. And then there's certainly like little key parts. How do you narrow that down from an outsider's perspective? Because I've read through some SEC filing to look when, uh, I guess like when when people are gonna have like their res- uh, restricted shares be like unrestricted when they can dump them if they're gonna do like any offering and so forth. Like because I because I, I I trade so I, I'm I am curious for certain things. Um, or any risk yeah. that, that that might be there. How do you uncover that? That's interesting to me. Yeah, so it's it's just being a trainer, of course, yeah. to really understand all the because those files can go long. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of lots of documents and lots of paperwork. Yeah, um, and 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 then it's 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 not the work itself. I don't think. Let's say if I had to do the same level of tedious work. 
friends like anything she asked me or was you know she's going to heal or anything like that mm-hmm. but it's just that for the first time in my life I had a um a true professional friend mm-hmm. who was able to um ask me really complex questions to really get to know myself better and to make yeah. a better decision for myself and of course I had I have friends and and you know clients and and families but I think that's a very different role because they all everybody who's already been involved in your life has been and they've done that and mm-hmm. it's really hard um to for them to kind of make get themselves out of out of your life and, yeah. and to be able to really help you mm-hmm. um and of, of course they they all need that but I think it's different because of a a place um Yeah. And that's that's and I help them do that by asking really powerful questions to help them to get to know themselves better. And I think that's a very different kind of um role than, you know, just talking to friends and family. Because mm-hmm. friends and family all have their own uh, agenda, you know. Yeah. Their agenda. Uh, it was really hard for them to fulfill that role, even though they they were doing well, right? Mm-hmm. So when I met the coach and it was really powerful and I not only did I get so much out of my sessions and it was life life changing in different ways, um, I also kind of envied her in what she did. So I kept thinking, wow, I I think if people did what she does, I would love to do that too. Um, but I kept talking myself out of it because my identity as a lawyer was so strong that mm-hmm. I kept telling myself that I can't do that. Like I, I already went through a lot of that and just a couple of years of my life, you know, becoming a lawyer, I can't throw all of that away. Yeah. And then one day my sister said that um did you know if you break it up for surgery, like why don't you follow your inner guidance? And yeah. I'm like, oh, that's good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one day I um I decided to just enroll in a solar meditation program for my sisters and and you know, even in even at that point I was like telling myself, No, I'm not gonna be a solar physician. I'm still gonna be a lawyer. I I'm just learning about systems so that maybe one day I could create a program for human beings or mm-hmm. or something like that. That so that's how I convinced myself to enroll in the program. But then the first day of my class, I I just felt like coming home. It mm-hmm. was just a whirlwind. I felt like I just I felt like I was wearing really comfortable clothes mm-hmm. that fit so well for the first time and I can just be me and and do this and do this really well mm-hmm. so and I just felt like I'm home so mm-hmm. and there was no going back and then that's when I learned wow now everything I did in my life makes sense mm-hmm. like you know like I needed to go through this period that where I felt really unfulfilled and stuck and unfulfilled because if I hadn't done that if I hadn't gone through that it would be really hard for me to relate to people who experience it when they're going through a hard time. Now mm-hmm. I've been there, so I really can understand and relate to their experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So in a way, I had to go through all of those tough times in my life to be able to be in a position to be able to help people. Mm-hmm. And all everything in my life makes sense, and I needed to go through those transitions and needed to experience those obstacles and, and learn how to overcome them so that way I can take all those experiences and learnings and then 
going to be able to have that attention. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the story of how I became a coach. That's so crazy. Yeah. I, I'm always I'm I'm always amazed as to how how life takes you down this this path of like twists and turns and where people end up and and i'm like wondering that for myself i'm like where am i going to be in a year where am i going to be in two years three whatever that might be you know it's just this whole it's just this whole crazy thing i don't know it's it's crazy i don't know but one thing uh, one of the last things that i wanted to ask you as well um what what do you think the best piece of advice is that you've received i guess in regards to the to the people that you um i guess got advice from in regards to your book because you interviewed uh, nine people, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mean the best piece of advice that I that I got from the people that I interviewed? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have received many. Yeah. Because uh, I'm very interested in that book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've received many. So I've interviewed a lot of people for my book, and also for my podcast, right? Uh, that's the most one one of the most popular ones you have right yeah oh yes oh my god you checked it out yes yes Listen to it, guys. Yeah. Uh, and then the most popular solo episode is the rejection story episode. Mm-hmm. I was kind of very introductory. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, but but Marco is a very fascinating person in the way that he thinks about his life, and and what he shared with me was really life changing. So um, I mean, if anybody has wants to check it out, that would be the episode that I totally recommend. Mm-hmm. And he said something that I thought was really so powerful in the episode, and he said. Most people know that in order to like get good grades in school or get promotion, or you have to study hard and work hard, right? Like yeah. Everybody understands that, but most people don't know that in order to be happy, you also have to work at it too. Like no one's gonna make you happy. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, mm-hmm. like and you know, not to think that oh, if I just work hard in my job, somehow my firm or my company will figure out what I need and what I want and give me a position. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's gonna actually make yourself happy. Only you can do that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, every day he thinks about for like about ten minutes, like what can I do today to make myself happy? And yeah. he does that. <laughs> okay. And, and 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 we don't do that. And so it's also really interesting how we all want to be happy. And pretty much everything that we chase, right? Whether it's a job or money or relationship, we want that because we think that somehow if if we get those things, we are going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, when you get those things, you're still not happy. You know, you want to get yeah. that, right? So, so then how, how do we get happiness that we want so, so badly? And I love what Marco shared with me about how, you know, you have to think about what makes you happy every single day and actually take action towards that. Um, and, and nobody else will make you happy. So, and also to really be honest with yourself about what makes you happy and what makes what doesn't make you happy mm. and to really uh, be super honest about that and then 
most people when they are thinking about um, their you know doing something for the first time in their life or making a big transition or whatever it is that they kind of aim for yeah they they um they think about they try to gather inspiration in some way like mm-hmm. try to like make sure that they have all like able to prepare and like, oh, okay. do things and like do all these things right mm-hmm. and then uh but he said this year every single decision that he has ever made that actually worked out well was not based on um getting as much information as possible mm-hmm. and what actually helped was he said faith and precise execution and he said faith is not based on on any information and or evidence mm-hmm. it's just a belief a belief that it will work out right yeah so once you have a goal and a dream that you want to um and you you want you know you want to have a certain thing work out in your life whether mm-hmm. whatever that may be right um don't don't think about you know how could i gather as much information as possible like because you have to access any type of information at some point like there's really no way you're going to know everything about every single decision you're ever going to make yeah it doesn't work like that so just have faith that it will work out and once you make the decision just be you know precise execution meaning do whatever it takes to make it happen for you so mm-hmm. those are the advice that i really i i think a lot about and um mm-hmm. i think it has been a really um helpful <laughs> mm-hmm. guiding principles in my life so i just wanted to share that with you yeah awesome well, well thank you very much for your time selena i i really appreciate you coming on um give her podcast a listen um uh, where can people find you if they want to go ahead and follow you on instagram and clubhouse Yeah.
<laughs> go ahead and take a look at that, guys. Awesome, Selena. Again, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully, I can get you on in the future. You are a great person, and obviously, it sounds like you're the hardest worker out there. So I really like your time, and, and take a look at her website, guys. Thank you, Selena. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so good to, so good to be here. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. See you later. You won't go fooling me twice now, baby.